I have everybody's attention now? WCCRLPFM and iTunes. It is the Figure Four Fallout right here in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Southern gentleman Bill Kidd behind the board here with you this evening. Joined alongside by the mailman himself, Casey Malone. Sign so delivered. And via satellite, our boy Charming Russell Ryan. What are you what are you yabbering about now? I'm filming Baywatch right now, so, you know. Baywatch. Yeah. Baywatch. I thought you were out recruiting more, you know, subpar talent. You could have said anything else other than Baywatch. I'm an A-lister, so. Could have said anything other than Baywatch, and I would have believed you. Anything. My my counterpart, The Rock, is starting in Baywatch right now, too, so, you know. Your counterpart? Yeah. Yeah, my... My my coworker, my your one hundred and eighty degree doppelganger. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's but exactly it. Uh, yeah, we all one hundred eighty degree. Remember, I said that. So, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's very hot here. Yeah, I'm sure. So it, it, it is one hundred eighty degrees. So I mean, I can understand. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that hot at the bottom of the hill. Hey, it's very hot here. Today, okay. <laughs> Oh, geez. We got plenty to talk about this evening. Miami would be the bottom of the hill, right? You know, like you hit 50, it's over the hill, and then all the retirement. I, I, I guess. Either way. But uh, Tim, no, not in the studio with us this evening. But uh, hopefully he is doing a little better. Hopefully he's uh, a little bit under the weather today. But it's all right. We will, we will try our best to carry the load. Uh, the, on, the only thing that Timbo Slice can do. Try to get better. So, uh, we got 
extreme rules to talk about from Sunday night. We've got the Raw Report, of course. Plenty of news to talk about, uh, including last night's Tell All podcast with Shane McMahon. Uh, our indie wrestling calendar, of course, this week as well. Let's dip straight into it and let's hit extreme rules from Sunday night. Uh, extreme rules, to be quite honest... I think has been a pretty good pay-per-view the last few years for the WWE. Uh, That's me personally saying that I think it has. Um, I know this, this year's, of course, was very good. And I honestly thought last year's was also very good to be completely honest because we saw a lot of really good talent going at a high level last year. This is one of those sort of I guess you would state unspoken really good pay-per-views that people just sort of forget about. Well, when it's kind of in between, the, you know, one of the big four, kind of like, um, what was the what was the last one? Um, payback. Payback. Payback, and the next one's well, Money in the Bank is a fairly, fairly big one, I guess you could say. Um, but when you got a, and I hate to call it minor pay per views, but I mean that that's essentially what it is. Um, at this point. You know, well, throughout the years past, once you get past that WrestleMania point, it kind of starts, I don't want to necessarily say going downhill until SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. but there's not as much excitement. Not that you don't get great matches from it, but there's not just as much as excitement built towards these pay-per-views as there would be one of the big four, or even like the Money in the Bank, because that was a big big focus on Raw last night, and we'll get into that later. Absolutely, we will. Uh, in the pre-show match, it was a no-disqualification match. Baron Corbin did defeat Dolph Ziggler in that pre-show match. Uh, to lead off the to lead off the show, we had a Tornado Tag Team match, which we've not seen one of those in a while, but it was the club of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows uh, defeating the Usos uh, in that match, WWE US title match, my guy <coughs> in the fantasy draft, Rusev, coming away, defeating Kalisto to become the WWE US champ. Uh, in the WWE tag title match, it was the new day of Big E and Xavier Woods, as we're seeing Freebird rules here uh, into yeah. effect. Uh, Big E and Xavier Woods did defeat the Vaudevillains uh, to retain their tag titles. In the fatal four-way for the WWE Intercontinental title, The Miz, the champion with Maurice at ringside, prevails in the fatal four-way over Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Uh, in our first-ever Asylum match, Dean Ambrose would take uh, would defeat Chris Jericho, uh, in the WWE Women's Title match, which was a submission match, Charlotte would hang on to the women's title, defeating Natalia. And then in the main event, 
Roman Reigns, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, would retain, defeating AJ Styles in the second longest match on the card. Uh, 22 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, Surprisingly, the longest match was the Asylum match at 26 minutes, and we could definitely tell it when you watched it. It felt like it was every minute plus about five. It, It drug. It really drug along. Um, third longest match, which I felt was the match of the night, was the Fatal 4-Way for the Intercontinental title at eight, just a little over 18 minutes. Uh, God, guys, I would have killed for them to give two minutes of that Asylum match to that match. I'd have given ten, 10 minutes of that Asylum match. <laughs> Forget two. Uh, well, I mean, hitting 20s uh, was enough for the... Yeah, well, I guess so, but... Um, Guys, let's let's go through this card and delve into it just a little bit. Um, don't really need to hit anything on the D, er, on the no DQ match or the tornado tag. Uh, the U.S. title, I think we all sort of seen Rusev coming away with God, that after as his, brutal as he was with Kalisto on Monday night, and not any better at the pay per view. And I'm I don't know that I like that. The, the brutality. I get what you're going for, but you could seriously hurt somebody if you're not careful. And he, I don't know that he has enough control. Do you agree at all with that, Russell? Um, it was, ooh, uh, Tim, Tim and I were actually talking about this on, uh, well, actually yesterday, with when Kalisto hit the apron, he was, he seemed like he was pretty, pretty bad off. Yes, agree. And uh, referees checking on him, but when um, when Rusev pulled him back into the ring, it made me wonder if uh, you know whenever the referee you know got with um, got with everybody and was saying, "Hey, let, you know, we got to end this pretty quick." Because if you notice, whenever he pulled him into the ring, the match ended pretty quickly right after that. Yes, it did. So. So, I mean, that doesn't take away the fact that it still looked brutal and, and everything. Um, could have, you know, risked further injury if, if Kalisa was indeed injured. Um, but it was it was fairly fairly rough to watch that, that ending of the, the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, once again, I think I agree with Casey stating that I'm not sure if I trust uh, Rusev enough to this point to let him be as brutal as he has been. Um, but then you turn around like the tag title match, the New Day versus the Vaude Villains, shortest match on the card at just under six and a half minutes. I thought that there could have been a little bit more storytelling to this match. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I think the Vaude Villains are a much better tag team than what they are being allowed to showcase thus far. It's it's this theory that I have, <clears throat> and it's something I'm beginning to have a real kind of situation with, because I'm calling myself out on it, and I'm calling you guys out on it, and I'm calling anybody that wants to hear about it out on it, because we have a really bad time of, we'll say we want, something to be revitalized we want to see new things and then whenever and i'm not saying that we did this with the vaude villains but i'm saying like in general especially vince to try new things and then when they get there be afraid of them so we don't go all in on them 
And when you don't go all in on something, you don't give it a chance. And if you don't give it a chance, it's going to fail. Regardless, there's no way for it to succeed if it doesn't have the right. So if you think this thing's going to fail and you don't give it a chance to succeed and you don't put any faith behind it and give it at least a shot at it, it's it's going to fail. It's just going to. It's like, you know, we pick on... We can pick on Skelly for a minute because, like, it seems like anything that comes with the Divas, he automatically, like, writes it off. And, I mean, we know how Skelly feels about the Divas. We don't have to recant that. But, you know, the Divas are never going to improve if we automatically write it off every single time that something new comes about. Correct. Here, here's the thing with the Vaudevillains in, in this situation. I think that spot was supposed to be for Enzo and Cash. And when Enzo got the concussion, the villains were kind of put in that, See, that spot. Um, I, and, and I'm not necessarily saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's, that's the reason. I loved what the villains were doing in NXT. And, you know, I was one of the ones that were saying, hey, I look for these guys come to the main roster to see what they'll do. Um, I'm just hoping that with Enzo and Cass being there at the same time as the vaudevillains, that the vaudevillains don't end up getting the ascension treatment and just kind of this team Push, that pushed off to the wayside. Yeah, yeah, or to the wasteland. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I like I like the vaudevillains. Um, just just don't give Simon Gotcha mic. That, that's that's my main thing. <laughs> just, just don't give him a mic right now. Let let um um Aiden English. Oh, uh, yeah, let Aiden English do all the all the talking. And let, let Aiden English let use Simon all the Gosh English. But Simon Gosh be the strong man that doesn't speak. The strong, silent type there is. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he 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 looks kind of short on TV, but you know, kind of short. He looks kind of short on TV. He, but he looks extremely and, and short on TV. See, Russell, I actually don't think that you're correct in your assumption that Enzo and well, Cass. I, were supposed to be the original people because there was a program that they were working with the Dudleys that was supposed to continue on and they weren't just going to end that. I think what happened was was they had to rush the match and you know, I think they got a little flack for letting a, uh, causing a fellow guy to get injured. And you know, Vince was already unsure of them and then you know, that didn't help. And so they just don't, you know, it's just a lot of bad circumstances. Because I was under the assumption the entire time that Enzo and Cass would not advance, not because they would lose cleanly, but because the Dudleys would cost them. Yeah, I think it may be how it's probably, especially right now, as, as over as the New Day is, as, you know, they were this heel team. Now they've turned into a fan favorite. I'm not sure you can put them versus Enzo and Cass in there right now and outside not, of a fun match on Raw. And it not hurt one of the teams because you're trying to split them up. Because you don't know who to cheer for and who to boo kind of thing. So I'm not sure if that would have worked out as well. Um, I mean, you, you, you can always have a face versus face type you match. You So, I mean, it's not like if if Enzo and Cast went up against the New Day that they automatically had to win or anything. You know, you can still do face versus face. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, but Yeah, but to Matt, to 
today's era, today's era of fan though, I'm afraid that as crazy as the fans have been in the last little bit, um, it's it's almost to the point, in my opinion, and we're actually going a little bit longer on this tag match than I really wanted to, but um, I'm, I'm afraid that the New Day versus Enzo and Cass right now would would split your your fandom up, and that's not exactly what they really want to do right now. And plus, Enzo and Cass need some time not to get polished or ready, but you don't... The thing of it is, Enzo and Cass is the kind of team that's really good. They have the chaser effect. Not that I don't think they'll have a good run when they get there, but the thing of it is, is we always talk about, like, we talk about Finn coming up and, like, doing great things, or we talk about these people coming up and doing great things. We need to realize you don't put your best of your best from NXT immediately into the, the most prime spotlight. You put second best or something like that. You give some time. It's a lot. It plus, it's a lot easier for a heel tag team to go immediately into a title uh, picture picture than it is for a face, especially when you have face champions. Mm-hmm. It it's just really difficult. And plus, it's really hard for a good guy to come in and get immediate shot and not and fans to feel like they earned it. You expect bad guys to try to take stuff without earning it. A la what we will get to on Raw. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Fatal 4-Way for the IC title. Once again, I state that this is the match of the night uh, in my book. Absolutely. Uh, the Miz retaining against Cesaro Owens and Sami Zayn in a match that went just over 18 minutes. Um, I feel like, and Russell, I'm going to send this one to you for your uh, review first, but um, I honestly felt that these guys... Even as a foursome right now, still have a really good story to tell if they wanted to do it again. I think you are all right on that because this match it it gave everybody a chance to kind of I don't want to necessarily get the spots in, but like showcase what they can do, what they can bring to this feud, and having these four just continue on feuding. It's perfectly fine with me. I think they still have an opportunity um, here because, you know, how many pinfall breakups did we have? How many false finishes did we have? Oh, geez. Uh, in this thing. So, I mean. I still don't think that it's a feud of the four, though. I think I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee that they should continue to, or that they should. I'm just saying if the WWE wanted to, it would they be could. perfectly fine. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I have no issues with that if they wanted to. Now, if, even if you wanted to maybe have Miz interchange out with opponents, um, you might not be able to do that necessarily with money in the bank, um, but have him kind of switch out between the three of them um, with singles matches over the next few months. Uh-huh. And and maybe maybe go back to that fatal four way for for SummerSlam or whatever. Um, but these these four, Miz, Miz actually, you know, proved me wrong. I, I'll I'll say with all this because he was the one that you know I wasn't looking forward to seeing. But with having a match in there with three former Ring of Honor guys. Um, you you had an opportunity here to um, see what those 
you know, three could do. And then had Miz in the mix, and Miz proved that he could could hang with them. So, I mean, I, I was very pleased with the match, and I, I would agree that this this was probably match of the night. Case. Match of the night by far. Love seeing Sammy at the end of it. That distraught. I was so close. Look, that built him up a lot. It was wonderful. It was a great way um, to set the night. You know, to, to lead these guys on. Very pleased. Very happy. I was pleased with the ending too. I thought it was very a good way to to keep Miz looking good without giving us everything that we want too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even going to touch the Asylum match, just saying that it was way, way too long. We have way too much we could just slaughter. Yeah. And it would take us the rest of the show. Uh, the submission I'll, match... I'll just, I'll just say this. It was brutal. Yeah, it was it was brutal and not for the good way. Um, I mean, me personally, I liked it, but that's... I just, thought, I just thought it was way too drawn out. You don't have to use every weapon that's This, this is my issue with it. This has been my glaring issue with it the entire time. The feud did not match the match. No, not at all. It was not a feud that constituted that kind of violence. Take that with what you will. They didn't line up. That's why the match looked awkward. I I agree. Uh, The submission match for the women's title, Charlotte comes out with the victory because of the, uh, I guess you would say, interruption by Dana Brooke. But the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship match we've got to talk about. Reigns does defeat AJ Styles uh, in just over 22 minutes. Uh, we did see involvement by both the club and by the Usos. Um, I thought that the involvement by both the Usos and the club was absolutely unnecessary. Unfortunately, yet again, and I'll direct... What I'm saying back to your uh, article that you wrote this week and posted up on the Figure Four Fallout page. Still not posted yet. Will be posted tonight. I thought you already posted. No one sent it back to me. Russell did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He sent the he sent the edited version back. I promise. I, I sent it in the Facebook chat. He sent it back in Facebook. Don't send it in Facebook chat. Darn it. <laughs> okay, it will be posted tonight for everybody that's listening. It's three simplistic ways that Raw could improve and improve ratings. And um, yet again, but make sure you check it out tonight uh, once it's posted. Uh, he, he talks a lot about how people are involved in feuds where they shouldn't necessarily be involved. And this is definitely that point that you come across right here during your article. Um, this is something that was absolutely unnecessarily needed. I think that the match had plenty enough fuel without it or without yeah. their involvement. Uh, and we still got their involvement, unfortunately. But I love the ending. I thought it was a good, clean ending to the match. And it was a very nice ending. It was a solid ending that didn't show any true weaknesses out of either competitor. And then we saw the reemergence of the newly redesigned rebuilt Seth Rollins. And except not really. Well <laughs> we'll get which, to that when we get we, to Raw. Exactly. Which we had a huge pop for at the end of the night. Especially especially with him closing the show holding the title over top of Roman Reigns. I was in no okay, as an AJ fan, I was in no shape, form or fashion any bit upset 
that AJ did not walk out because the return of Rollins was that good. Correct. I got to say it for Tim. Seth's flipping Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> he, I mean, it was unbelievable. That poor kid lost his lunch money. I'm sure he did. And Russell. His voice. My question to you is, now that Rollins has reemerged, AJ Styles still showed that he deserves to be in this picture. Where do we see AJ Styles fall now? Um, I honestly see him going into something with, with Gallows and Anderson for the time being. Um, I, I agree that AJ proved, and, and even before he came to WWE, I, I think he proved that he deserved to be in a uh, a main event pitcher at, at the WWE level. Um, but right now, I, I think this is going to be a, a Rollins reign feud for the title because, I mean, as stated, you know, the man never lost the title, technically. So, in my mind, he's first in line when he gets back from injury get that title shot because he never lost it. So, now later down the road, we might see an A.J. Rollins feud or match for the title, which I'd be alright with. Um, I wouldn't so be right surprised now, if we don't see an interchangeable of the three plus maybe another guy for the better part of the next year. That would be fine with me. But I think the next thing for A.J. right now is going to be with Anderson and Gallows and this was something Tim and I was talking about today, was the fact that you could bring Finn in, not to join up with Gallows and Anderson, but to join up with AJ. And then you could have yourself a little tag team feud there. That'd be interesting. It would. It, it, it'd be interesting, and I don't think a lot of the people would expect it, because I, I know when Tim had mentioned it, I was like, well... well I, I definitely really wouldn't have expected it. I wouldn't have expected it until you said it. Right. Right, until Dan mentioned anything to me, I wouldn't have thought twice about that. I would have, you know, been under the assumption, well, Finn's going to come in, he's going to join up with Gallows and Anderson, and then, bam, he got Ballard Club, and they're meeting with AJ. It's an interesting concept, Case. What do you think? I think this whole, this the movement of them feuding with AJ is too early. But I won't oppose that idea. Right now, I want to see where they go. And if that happens, that's cool. If they bring Balor in to, to to aid them, that's cool. But I think that it's a very premature trigger pull. Let me pick this again. Maybe so. Um, here's my thought process, though. The, the, the club is as strong as they showed over the past couple of weeks. Why would it not be a good idea... To maybe, and I know you're talking about pushing teams too fast, but as a heel tag team, you said that it's easier to push them faster. Why would a program with them in the New Day not be a good fit right here? I think it would be. The problem is, is AJ's not a heel. As much as 
Gallows and Anderson are playing roles of heels. AJ's not a heel. I know. And it's been it, it's it's the weird dynamic that they have. See, my thing is is why could we not give a few more weeks of AJ wanting to do the right thing and Anderson Gallows wanting to do their thing and trying to convince AJ to do their thing mm-hmm. before they split. Like I know we've not got we need to just stop this and move on into the next thing so we can talk about this outside of code because we haven't ran down raw and yeah. I think we need to do that before we go further in this. Okay, that's fine. Um, then let's go ahead and rate our pay-per-view then. Um, Casey, go ahead. I think it's a solid eight. Russell? I'll actually give it an eight. I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I, I'm going right there with you all and I'll give it an eight as well. Uh, so on that Ken probably gave it a 10.5 <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10 probably so but I mean that's just that's just him he was Seth freaking Rollins yeah exactly uh, let's take a quick break we'll come back we will discuss Raw uh, also have our uh, you want to you wanna do a fantasy breakdown yeah you can get yeah go ahead and give us our fantasy breakdown before we go to a break okay so um, the way it worked out is thank you Google Drive uh, is all I'm saying um, so Bostitas Kid got uh, points for Kevin Owens New Day Sami Zayn Cesaro Rusev Natalia and the Bob Um the only one that got him the most points is, is I guess star player if you will um, was indeed Rusev for his title win for the U.S. title. Casey Malone got points for the club, Charlotte, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, and the Usos and the Miz. Um, I don't think you necessarily had a star player because your your champions retained. So if I guess if I had to give you a star player, it'd probably be Charlotte and the Miz. Old Timbo Slice Timno. His star player, of course, being Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, who uh, I think a lot of us probably didn't expect to see at the show. Uh, but he got points for Reigns, Enzo, uh, Enzo and Cass uh, for Cass's um, appearance. Dudley, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin. So the way the points break down, uh, of course, you can see this on the Facebook page as well. Uh, but in the lead currently... It's none other than Casey Malone with 145 points, Bo Kidd with 135, and Tim No uh, after a slow start uh, with 85 points. But I feel that is uh, going to be changing in the coming months. Yeah, the changing of the guard will definitely happen with that one. Uh, once again, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll discuss Raw and our uh, news, of course, to talk about this week. Uh, we'll bring all that to you here shortly after a quick break here on the Figure 4 Fallout 94.5 WCCR and iTunes. Photography. You think you know me. 
Hey, this is the Rated R Superstar Edge. You are listening to the Figure Four Fallout on WCCR 94.5 Williamsburg, Kentucky. And back here on 94.5 WCCR and the Figure Four Fallout, Bo Kid, Casey Malone, and Russell Ryan here in studio with you this evening. Uh, guys, let's talk about Raw last night. Uh, a lot of, ha- actually, a lot of matches last night. Uh, seven matches on the card, plus, of course, the return of Seth Rollins at the beginning of the show. But. Not the way we thought we would see Seth Rollins after such a great pop the night before. After a tremendous pop last night coming out. The thank you, Seth, for returning and the chance and everything else. And then all of a sudden we see the door of the baby face get absolutely slammed in our face by Seth Rollins. As he reverts back to his freakishly good heel ways, to be honest. Yeah. And I feel that this, myself, I feel that this is an epic mistake. I think we could resoundingly say that everybody at the Fallout thinks this is an epic mistake. You can't build yourself as rebuilt, rebirthed, redesigned. And come back and do the same things. <laughs> but it's not that. It's it's a missed opportunity, not because Rollins is not a good heel. Like, we're going to take it, and we're going to love it, and we're going to cherish it because, well, we're getting something great. The problem is, is that we don't have a solid face that uh, Roman can work with right now. Because we're not buying Roman as a face. No. And you had an opportunity. I mean, AJ was very good at playing his role of, you know, we know that he's a good guy, but there's some bad guy stuff going on with him. But, and allowing them to have a gray area. But it would have been really easy to make Roman a heel in this because of that gray area and let Rollins be a face that he's come back, he has these motivations. You know, he's glad that the fans care so much about him. He's um, he's glad for their support. Not this other way that they took, because it was a chance to really solidify Roman. I don't know that I'm as upset that Rollins is a face as I am that we are missing another opportunity with Roman Reigns to do something better. Okay, or Russell? Uh, I want Rollins baby face. So bad right now, <laughs> and uh, the thing is, we say that it's a mistake, and in our mind, yes, it is a mistake. But I'm as as crazy as people gonna think. I'm putting my faith in the WWE that they know what they're doing with this because they have a a bigger picture, if you will, um, with this entire thing. Do I want Seth Rollins baby face against Roman Reigns? You better believe it. Do I want to see, I need to break my heart that, that Seth Rollins come out and 
threw our birthday or uh, not our birthday cards, but our get well cards and everything in the trash, you better believe it because there was a lot of work that went into those get well cards. But wait, 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 wait! How many did you send? Um, <laughs> upwards of a fifty, maybe somewhere around there. Oh uh, my goodness! No but, wonder he trashed them. Well, I mean, I tried to bury it up a little bit with what I said. Okay, uh, apparently there was just not enough variety there for Seth Rollins. Fair enough. Anyway, but <laughs> um, but I mean, it, the, the thing is. It would work because of the reaction it's getting. But with the fan mindset and everything, the, the way it is nowadays, um, post an article about uh, the Jim Ross posted about the, the, the crowd chaining Roman Reigns can't wrestle. Yes, I saw that. Um, See, I don't agree with that logic, but I agree. The thing that, that gets me is Roman Reigns is just not naturally a babyface. He's just not. It's. I don't know if you've watched interviews with him from NXT. When he was a heel in like FCW or NXT, good God Almighty, guys, it was entertaining. I I think that he can be a babyface, but just the entire everything that has led up. Because think think about it, they wanted Roman Reigns to win the Rumble. When he didn't win the Rumble, then. They were upset with it. It's he not. Wins rumble, he, he wins the Rumble the following year. The fans were upset with it. It's so, not I mean, because we wanted Roman to win, Russell. We've talked about this on air before in extensive detail. It was not that we wanted Roman to win. It's we didn't want Batista to. It's like we didn't want Rusev to win it last year. We just didn't want Roman to. We didn't want the force-fed predictable <laughs> option. We wanted them to finally listen to us and give us something we wanted, not something we didn't. Which, Casey, if you listen to me... I listen to I you a lot. Say if, if you got in a different situation, in a different time, Roman Reigns could succeed as a babyface, dude. I, he could succeed as a babyface. It's just right now, we're, we're being force-fed a babyface Roman Reigns and we don't want and we're a babyface Seth Rollins, but we're getting a Seth Rollins heel. It's just the way the cards are stacked right now, mm-hmm. and we're not getting what we want. I understand that. Yeah. But I, I think if it was a different situation, Roman Reigns could do great as a babyface. Hey, I think I okay. I see both your points. I do see both of your points. See, I'm actually on the same train as Russell. I think Roman could be a babyface. The problem is, is he's right. We're getting it force-fed to us. But right now, Roman just needs to be a heel because he's oozing it. Mm-hmm. I, that may be that may be the case. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly how um, that this is going to work. Either way, uh, the next few weeks should be very interesting uh, for this. Is all I have to say. Um, but roller but we did find out though at the beginning of the show because Shane McMahon did come out and we have already been announced that the main event for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view uh, which I will have to look up the date for that I do not have that in front of me I want to say they said last night that it was that it was in four weeks uh, no wow is it four weeks? 
let's see here. From last night, it would have been one, two, three. Yeah, I guess four weeks. Um, June 19th is Money in the Bank that is going to be held uh, in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena once again. Um, and go ahead and give Timbo Slice five more points uh, for the fantasy draft because from what I'm seeing here, Roman's on the cover. Roman Reigns is on the poster for Money in the Bank. So, uh, but nonetheless, let's get into the results from last night's Raw. Five Money in the Bank qualifying matches last night on Raw. Uh, first one, we saw Sami Zayn defeat Sheamus to punch his ticket into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, we then saw a six-man tag, which the New Day would defeat the Social Outcasts, or what remains of the Social Outcasts, since we will get into the release of Adam Rose here shortly. Uh, in another Money in the Bank qualifier, in another Money in the Bank qualifier, Cesaro would get a non-title victory over the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz. Chris Jericho would defeat Apollo Cruz in another Money in the Bank qualifier. Big Cass. Uh, this was not a qualifying match, but Big Cass w- uh, with the returning Enzo last night, which he was hilarious on the mic last night. Um, yes, he was. Big Cass gets a singles victory over Bubba Ray Dudley. And then to round out the night in back-to-back Money in the Bank qualifying matches, Dean Ambrose would defeat Dolph Ziggler to punch his ticket. And Kevin Owens would punch his ticket by defeating the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, to give us five of our seven Money in the Bank ladder match participants. Apparently, two more participants to be added to be added into this match, and apparently those matches are supposed to be this week on SmackDown. Also this week on SmackDown has already been announced two title matches on SmackDown on Tuesday. Or for SmackDown, which will be recorded tonight and played on Thursday, I guess. Uh, the IC title will be up for grabs as The Miz will defend against Cesaro. And then the U.S. title will have its rematch as Kalisto, the challenger, will face Rusev, the champion, on SmackDown. So, first things first, from Raw, by knowing what's coming up on Thursday... Do you watch SmackDown on Thursday intriguingly? Um, I don't think we see anything different with the title matches. Uh, I think we see both team teams retain. Um, did, did it say who was announced for the Money in the Bank qualifying matches? It no? did not, and that's the interesting part about it. See, that would probably be the main reason I would watch on um, on uh, on Thursday. But, I mean, also, Seth Rollins has announced the appearing uh, at SmackDown this week as well. So, um, those two things right there would probably uh, make me watch, but the, not necessarily the title matches. Although, I mean, it's important to see a title match on, on the show. I just don't see the title changing hands or anything. Case? I think it's intriguing enough to make a more dedicated fan watch 
Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get a few more viewers because of this. Okay, and then finally from Raw, uh, of course we saw the breakup. I guess you would say of the club. Is this a legitimate breakup between the three, or are we? Or is this just something that is more of a ploy? I want it to be a ploy. I don't <laughs> think it's a ploy. Russell, do you think this is a ploy? I, I think we're heading into a, a club uh, versus AJ Styles. You, I, I think it was it was a breakup. Um, it was a it's me, it's not you type deal. So we'll see how well the relationship goes from here. All right. So now my next question to you all before we hit uh, before we hit into our news or topics to discuss. Um, who do you all feel? Will be the remaining the remaining two Money in the Bank qualifiers for this match in four weeks. I mean, we know that we have Cena returning on Monday, but that's not going to give him the qualifying opportunity. Do we have a spot monkey yet? The closest spot monkey, I guess you would say, would be Cesaro or Sami Zayn. Is Dean in this? Dean's in it as well. The five we've got right now are Sammy, Cesaro, Jericho, Ambrose, and Owens. The problem is, is Kalisto is in this thing with Rusev, and Kalisto's going to be in a different match. Yeah, so that so he's not going to be in it. Man, there's got to be somebody that is going to take a big fall. Do you give AJ another chance? See, I don't think you do. I, I don't think you give anybody that didn't qualify another chance. I see. I'm. I agree. What if? Hmm. Who knows? Let's be surprised by it because I honestly can't come up with anything. See, I've got two in mind. Okay, who do you got? See, I, I, I thought Apollo Crews should be in it over Jericho. I see. I agree completely. And you, you could tell my distaste for that last night. That line when I when I bad. yeah. When I was uh, messaging you all last night, you could see my distaste for that. Um, The two guys that I think you may see in this match, I think you may see Alberto Del Rio make his way into the match. And then if you have been a Twitter fiend like I have been over the last uh, little bit, do not be shocked if Bray Wyatt does not make his way into this match. He may not be he may not be the qualifier on on Thursday night SmackDown, but do not be surprised if he doesn't make his way into this match. If he's not a qualifier, then aren't they supposed to be qualifying matches for the? They're supposed to be qualifying matches, but shenanigans. We've always seen the WWE throw throw us a curveball. I mean, my God, the shenanigans. <laughs> I just I think that Bray Wyatt ends up in this match somehow. I think that that is a fantastic return for him. He's cleared, right? From my understanding, he's cleared now. So, I think that's actually two guys that make this match about as epic as you could get. I think you could reasonably see maybe like Zack Ryder get in. See, I don't think... I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's because Zack Ryder has a shot in the world of winning. I think it's because Zack Ryder would be... The kind of guy who would get in, you would question why he's, he's, your, he's your underdog. 
and then he would he would take a hard fall and maybe we'll see I guess um, before we hit our news we'll see a call up for minute C. Uh, not not for this match, I don't think. No, not for the money in the bank. Okay. Um, FYI, last night's ratings do climb, but very very small. Only a two point two nine last night compared to a two two seven last week. Uh, Memorial Day, of course, Raw this year. Uh, Memorial Day, uh, the return of John Cena. Which I think they are hoping, which I'm thinking they are doing this on purpose to try to avoid the epic drop that they had last year uh, on Memorial Day. Memorial Day ratings last year dropped 11%. I hate to say this, I don't think their Memorial Day ratings are going to get better. People are just going to be doing stuff with family on Memorial Day. A lot of them will, but... Have them come back and beat Roman Reigns for the title. Well... We shall see how that works out. Uh, guys, let's go into our news for the night. Um, and we've sort of let this go by the wayside for a couple of weeks. But I guess it's good because we've had others add to the fray. And others that were more necessary to talk about. Correct. But the WWE uh, recently, I guess you would say, held its what they call Black Monday. Uh And that is where a multitude of superstars are released or are granted a release that they request. Um, Back two weeks ago, or almost three weeks ago, we saw the release of Damian Sandow, um, Wade Barrett, Santino Morella, Cameron... Hornswoggle, Alex Riley, El Torito, and Zeb Coulter. And most of those guys are appearing at a Global Force show at a town near you. Yes. Like, like legit, they are. Yes. They're booked on the show. Damien, I know for a fact, is one of them. And, and uh, Zeb and Hornswoggle. Oh, okay. So you see a multitude of stars there, uh, of mid card guys, that have been released. Then we saw uh, last week, and or over the last two weeks, I guess you would say, we have saw the release of Adam Rose, which happened uh, officially, I guess, happened yesterday. Uh, yeah. Was the official release. Now, of course, his stemming from uh, multiple reasons one being a assault charge against his wife uh, in Florida a couple of weeks back domestic violence as well Dem- well domestic violence I guess is what you call assault it. a lot worse yes. yeah well domestic violence plus a second wellness violation policy yep. and and then we also and then he spoke out against it yes he did and then we also saw the release of Cody Rhodes who had requested a release after apparently his ideas and requests were sort of thrown by the wayside. First things first, I'll start with Russell. Uh, which one of these guys are you going to miss the most? And 
which of these guys still have enough in the tank to get some stuff done. Now, are you talking about the ones from a few weeks ago? I'm talking, I'm talking total. I'm talking total. 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 Okay. total. The ones I'm most disappointed in is Wade Barrett, Damian Sandow, and Cody Rhodes. Okay. Because those three had so much untapped potential. So much that they, that, that they didn't get to fully showcase because WWE wouldn't so-called give them the so-called brass ring. Um, Cody and I mean I never really liked the Stardust gimmick. The only good thing that came from the Stardust gimmick was a polka dotted lighter and a money in the bank match and the thing with Stephen Amell. That is the only two good things that came from that entire character. And the Cody Rhodes character and not even necessarily character the Cody Rhodes persona was so good and they could have done so much with him I could have seen Cody honestly as a world heavyweight champion but they never gave him that opportunity I think the start of gimmick was their well one of the reasons was their trying to make another gold dust type character be successful in the WWE and when it didn't work out and he kept requesting you know and, and I don't know I, this is just speculation so keep that in mind um, we, we can go round and round all day about why he asked for his release and, and everything other than what he, he spoke out about but the fact that they wouldn't let him go back to Cody Rhodes worries me and the reason it worries me is because how many of these other guys that maybe don't have the the backing of, say, like maybe a Roman Reigns or a John Cena or, you know, Seth Rollins or whatever, what to say they have great ideas that we're not getting to see? While it's saying that they says, let me go this route with my character and see how it goes, you know, stand out. My goodness, when, when he was doing the Mizdow stuff, it was great. But when, after the Mizdow thing ended, it's just like, well, okay, we're just going to let him job a few matches and, and this and the other. Wade Barrett, it was just mainly injuries, I think, that's hurt him. That's not saying that he couldn't have strived to be that, that top-tier guy. Uh, but those are the three that I'm most disappointed in being released and I mean I, I would love to see them all have an opportunity I, I'm going off with I, I'd love to see Adam Rose have another opportunity um, especially with the Leo Kruger gimmick because he's a talented guy it's just his the the bad outweighed the good this time around and it, it hurt him in the long run so I'd love to see all four of those guys though get another opportunity to shine in the WWE I just don't know if we'll get it, unfortunately. Case. Man, I'm just really upset to see a release period, but, you know, Cody Rhodes breaks my heart. That I've always thought Cody had the utmost talent. I've always had the utmost respect for Cody. And I thought Cody had the chance to be something great. And I read his, his statement. It hurt me. It hurt me bad to think that the WWE just treated him like that. 
And, you know, it's a shame. I mean, I'm going to miss Ms. Dow, but Cody, Cody's going to be the one that I feel the hardest. Uh, I, I, I sort of agree with you. Um, I think Cody Rhodes as Cody Rhodes was a fantastic talent. That the interview when he got fired or fired, yeah, by the authorities, still one of my favorites of all time. I love the mask gimmick; he did so good. I can say that so many times. But I was a fan of Cody Rhodes from day one when he walked out and slapped got slapped by Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, that that's a that's a guy that I really think we will truly miss because of his talent, his. I mean, now, granted, do I see a possibility of him landing elsewhere if he wants to? He said he's going to do what he's always done and that's that's wrestle. wrestle. So, good question is, where will he end up? That's My what, guess is, is either Ring of Honor or New Japan. I, think I, he, I, re- I, I really don't see him going to Impact. I, I really don't. I don't either because I think that he could flourish at New Japan. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about Ring of Honor. I think he would do excellent in Ring of Honor. You think so? I do. Del, Del Rio did great in Ring of Honor. Think about it. Well, that's true, but um, I think that's just something that we will have to see down the road what happens. Um, I'm going to miss. I'm, I'm going to miss Sandale. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say if he goes to Impact, they'll be dealing with Roby Codes. Well, that's watch out for Ryborg. Yeah, yeah we're all good. God. Because that's probably going to happen. Uh, since Ryback is technically owned by the WWE, I would not be shocked if Ryborg doesn't show up in the Impact Zone. But um, because that'll be, I think that may be the next release that you see is will be Ryback. Um, but there's actually a plethora of releases that I think you could see over the next. Um, next few weeks with the WWE, uh, especially with some contracts not being renewed and stuff of that nature. Um, I, I don't see Mark Henry coming back, Ryback coming back. I don't think Mark Henry won't come back. I don't think he'll get released. I think he'll retire and he'll move to a different kind of contract. I hope so. I really do. But I can see him being an agent. Yeah, I could too, but I don't know if he wants to do that. I mean, right. that's so that's where the the question is going to be. Um, I could see Alicia Fox. I could see her not coming back because I can see Cody's wife getting fired. She's, she's already said that she's she's gone. Yeah, with Cody. So, um, you know. There is a, a plethora of people that we could still see not coming back to the WWE over the next coming weeks. Um, the Shane McMahon podcast from last night. Uh, I know, Casey, you were still listening into a part of it this afternoon. I got about 20 minutes to go. Uh, Russell, did you get to watch all this? Yes. Um, I, did. I, I watched this. And. I, my my question, I'll pose it to you then, Russell, since Casey's not had a chance to, to finish it yet, and then we'll, we may be able to ask him a quick little blurb about it next week or something. Was it informative enough for you to hear everything that he stated on it? I, I think there was a lot of information there. 
And I think that there was a little bit of holding back to an extent as well. Um, when, and, and I mean, it, it could just been the way he reacted. It came across that way, and it was not meant to be that way at all, totally. Um, but when Foley had asked him about his relationship with Blake, yeah, I thought there, that was very interesting. There was some hesitation there. Okay, I haven't and, seen that part yet. Yeah, um, I also thought that one I of the... Alert, Casey, there's some hesitation there. Uh, so, um, I think one of the most intriguing points about the podcast was when they began talking about the Montreal Screwjob. Now, and, see, that one, that one was probably one of the more informative parts that I liked. Um, because, I mean, we, we've heard about the full side. Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson meetings before from various people. We've heard about um, Bret Hart's side of it. Right. But you know, I've never heard the part about where Vince walked in there and expected to get punched in the mouth mm-hmm. by Bret Hart, and he did. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, you know, that's something that's never been disclosed from my understanding. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think that was probably because of Vince, because he didn't want to put any... Um, it's almost any like he didn't want any animosity between he and Brett since Brett has returned to the WWE as a legend. Well, well not even that. He, if he was going to be the guy that, that, that screwed Brett over in that match, then he... Didn't I guess he didn't want to have this entire? Well, yeah, I owned up to my mistake in the locker room and everything. I let Brett punch me. He, he probably didn't want because think about it, if that was released before the the relationship was rebuilt with WWE and all that. Mm-hmm. How much flack would that have been on Bret Hart? Oh, a ton with the fans. A ton. So it would have made I, me. Oh wait. <laughs> you wouldn't I, care I, anymore. I I think that was just Vince trying to protect Brett's image to an extent. Because I mean, he he knew that that was his only option he had to do. I mean, if you he listen, bad for it, and he wanted to make sure that Brett didn't get hurt any more with any other wrestling that he was wanting to do down the road. So he he you know he took all the the flack for all those years. What was you saying there? It's it's not relevant. <laughs> um, I thought the the one thing that I really wanted to hear more about, and Foley sort of got cut off with it at the end, was his current view on the product today. I wanted to hear what Shane's thoughts were on that a lot more, and unfortunately, we didn't get that. <laughs> See, I feel like we're getting a lot. What I've got so far, and I, like I said, I still have about 20 minutes. I feel I've got a lot of information, but I'm not sure it's information that I exactly went into the thing wanting to gather. It's good information. I'm glad I have it. It's been interesting, but it isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. I, I want I want a part two very soon to cover the current product and everything. I, and would, like a, I would like a part two, but... And, and this is not me dogging him at all for this, but I want a part two 
with Stone Cold, not with Mick Foley. Oh yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Mick did a pretty de- did a pretty good job last night. Mick Mick did a great job, honestly. But but I also feel that Mick. He's not as polished in the interview and uh, podcasting style as one Stone Cold Steve Austin is. And and Stone Cold's going to hit you with a lot more of a a tougher question, I think, sometimes. I think he's he's one of these guys that really doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He wants to get the point across that he's aiming for. And I'm not sure that Mick – I think – to a point, Russell, I think Mick almost was pulling back the reins a little bit. I I can agree with that. I think he didn't didn't want to necessarily step on any toes, um, especially with the the deal he's got right now with the, this entire holy bowling um, show that's going to be coming on the network and everything. Yeah. So um, I think that maybe preventing him but I think also his friendship with Shane probably also now like yeah Stone Cold and them they have a friendship with each other as well but I think Stone Cold's more the type of you know I'm just going to shoot straight with you I'm going to tell you like it is and if I hurt your feelings so be uh, it rub, rub some dirt in it and get over it yep um over I mean Overall, you know, I look at Raw and I give Raw a solid eight last night. But to rate the podcast, I was I was informed. I was happy with the information that I got, but I expected more. Like I I would have if I was rating the podcast, I would have gave it like a six and a half. It, it didn't. It didn't give me that information like what Triple H's did, what McMahon's did when they sat down and heck, not even what Edge and Christians did. Yeah, or you know, it, it just it didn't. Oh, uh, I guess the right word. It didn't woo me. It didn't put the woo in my woo. So Rick Flair's did it. Maybe, could you compare it maybe to Stephanie? That's probably no. Honestly, it probably compared more to like the big shows. In my I, mind, I mean, Stephanie's wasn't all that informative either. If you think about it, no, it really wasn't. But well, there's there's little Stephanie apparently. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> hey, hey, so. by the boom, by the boom, real crowd in the room. How you doing? <laughs> but um, no, I just I really felt like there was so much more that could have come across, and we were as much of a tell-all podcast as this was built to be. Built to be, I, I think it let you down at the end. I would agree with that. Um, I, I mean, I, like I'm not completely let down because there's still a lot of good stuff that I, we, I feel we got from it. But there was still more... So, I mean, and that, that's a good thing. It, it leaves us wanting more, also. It does um, leave us wanting more, but the question is, is when are we going to get more? 
That's ask, the problem. Uh, ask Ryborg. Ask Ryborg. Jeez. Um, let's take a look at our independent wrestling calendar before we uh, get out of here for the evening. Only five shows uh, between now and next Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, Ohio Valley Wrestling up in Louisville. Uh, NWA New South Championship Wrestling will hit Frankfurt on Friday at 7.30. Wildcat Championship Wrestling in Lawrenceburg on Saturday at 7.30. The World Wrestling Alliance in Owensboro on Saturday at 6 p.m. bell time. And then over in Somerset on Saturday at the Old Shopville Gym, Kentucky Zone Wrestling, 7.30 bell time. Uh, We are skipping over our pay-per-view review of the week for this week. Uh, We just had too much to talk about between Extreme Rules and Raw, so we'll get to that next week. Um, Of course, once again, keep an eye out for Casey Malone's article that's going to go up on the Figure 4 Fallout page uh, later on this evening. Uh, Very, very good stuff that Casey come up with this week. Uh, And then, of course, we will have another one of those uh, article-type blogs or... uh, I, I don't know exactly what we want to call it. Make sure you interact with us on those because that's something that we really want to push here with the Figure 4 Fallout. We want you all to interact with our thoughts, our mindset as to how you see the WWE product then and now, of course. Uh, Russell, you got anything to close with? Uh, no, just support independent wrestling and uh, let's see if we're Money in the Bank leads and who wins that briefcase? And let's see if we get a women's Money in the Bank briefcase match this time around. Something to be intrigued about. That's something being thrown around there with the E. Russell, thanks for joining us tonight. No problem. Have a great night, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Casey, anything to close with, my friend? Have a good week, guys. Have a good week. That is Casey Malone. This is Bo Kidd signing off for the Figure 4 Fallout this week. Once again, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Figure 4 Fallout. Follow us on Twitter, Figure the Number 4 Fallout. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You've been listening to the Figure 4 Fallout right here on WCCR 94.5 LPFM and iTunes.